what it is, yo, or what's up? Can I play a chess keep in touch? Crack you up like you ain't been. Show us all how to really give it up. Well, give me your number, and I'll call, and I'll let me tell you, Chris, I have never in my life cut up a throwback jersey. Not something that I've done. I've probably thrown some tantrums in my day, but never have I gotten so angry that I've taken scissors to my undergarments or my garments and done that. You just burn them in protest, right? I haven't done that either. I, I've, I've never been one to use my anger to destroy clothes. You've never defaced a part of your uniform. Is that what I've, you're telling me? I have not. I have not. I can't say that I have either. <laughs> this is the Stew Pod. I am Mike Oz. And I'm Chris Swick. So I love the Chris Sale story. Everybody loves the Chris Sale story. I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful, right? I mean, it's just so ridiculous. That, it's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, even, even as much as it's kind of just, you're like, why, why would you do that? That's a tantrum. That's crazy. But it's just so weird that you just have to laugh at it. So this is what I'm wondering. Where do you think it ranks? Like, when we look back at this season, is this going to be, like, the the weirdest thing that happened? Or is it going to be just, like, the... Hey, remember that time that Chris Sale cut up his jersey? Who won that season? I don't know. I just remember that he cut up his jersey. Like, is it going to be the thing we remember from 2016? No. It, it won't be, but it, I think it's definitely going to be the weirdest thing. Okay. And it's, to me, um, the White Sox of 2016 are probably an entirely forgettable team and will be an entirely forgettable team, but they've had the two weirdest stories of the season, right? Between this and the Adam slash Drake LaRoche thing. Yeah, that's true. So, like, those will be memorable, I think, but then, no, like, none of their on-the-field accomplishments are going to be talked about unless they go on one hell of a run in the second half here. You're not going to remember, hey, remember that time they were good? Remember that first month of the season where they were, they were in first place and we were dreaming about an all-Chicago World Series? <laughs> I, I I don't think so. Do you? Are you going to remember that? I've already no. forgotten about it because they've been so bad. No, no. I'll remember the chance the rapper cap. That was a White Sox thing. That's true, but that's because I think each of us owns a tra- chance the rapper cap. So yeah, hard uh, hard to forget that. 2016 White Sox, man. What a what a, what a weird team. They got Adam Drake Laroche and. Uh, Cutting up jerseys, the best player cut up jerseys. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happens next. I don't know what happens in September. I mean, what is everything in play? Is there, you know, is, are we at the point where just anything you hear about them, you're just gonna believe? Probably. Yeah, I mean, like if you just told me some crazy White Sox story, I'd be like, yeah, that probably happened. Oh, and l- let's let's throw this out there. Uh, Brett Lowry not involved in any of it somehow. So. <laughs> That I mean, come on. What are the Brett, odds of that? Brett Lowry probably likes the jerseys. He's like, yeah, he's got some swag, bro. Like, probably right. That's probably what he said. I I will say that everything I've read about Brett Lowry this season just confirms every stereotype slash belief I've had about him. The bro he's just is like, bro uh, bro yeah, exactly. He he has that mouth guard because he just has way too much energy and grinds his teeth all the time. He listens to techno. It's all there. Yeah. And before we stray too far into this, I do want to tease that we have Jeff Passon on the show this week. We're going to talk about the trade deadline. So that's good. And we'll, we actually touch on the White Sox some in there too. But um, I don't think we talked about this. Chris, and, and we'll be transparent here. Chris uh, grew up a White Sox fan, likes the White Sox still. Um, I uh, that's, that's hard to say. <laughs> I don't know. You you have an attachment to the White Sox, for better or worse. I get a lot of texts about the White Sox okay. All right. from friends and family. All right. Okay, there you go. Um, I, I thought what was interesting in like a real baseball topic here was that Chris Sale sort of like threw Robin Ventura under the bus a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and I'm kind of surprised, like honestly, that he still has a job. Like, like how, how many things does Robin Ventura have to do to get fired? Yeah, I'm not sure at this point. It seems like just a loyalty thing. Jerry Reinsdorf, their owner, has been pretty loyal to former players. We saw them hire Ozzie Guillen back in the day and then Ventura, and so it's just all kind of following the same path. Kenny Williams is still there, despite the fact that Han was elevated to GM, so 
I think it's just a loyalty thing at this point. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they played so poorly lately, and it's not like this is Ventura's second season or something. He's had a long time, and there's a long track record of him, at the very least, I would say, being mediocre. So, yeah, I'm not sure what they do. And like you said, Sale, he made it pretty uncomfortable. So uh, I'm I'm a little shocked, I guess, that nothing happened between him cutting up the jerseys and today we're recording this Thursday and Sale is returning. So I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what's going to happen. It's It seems weird to me. Well, I hope whenever they fire him that Chris Sale is there with a pair of scissors waiting to cut up his white Just jersey. Cut up, cut up the jersey. Give me, give me that. Give me that Ventura. I'm going to cut that up for you. Okay, let me let me ask you though, from more of an outsider perspective, I guess, since I, I don't think your family members are texting you about it, but maybe they are. Um, who's in who's in the right or wrong here, or how is that? How how do you how do you pin that on the parties involved? I like I agree with Chris Sale's like ultimate point of like if I don't feel like I can pitch well in this jersey, I shouldn't have to wear it because. That's his job. It's not his job to sell merchandise or any of this other stuff. And if, like, if they want him to sell the jersey, then do a photo shoot or you know do a video, or whatever. Um, his job is to to pitch well and, and help his team win games, and I get that. But I, I mean, I don't think that, you know, the way in which he he voiced his displeasure is is the right way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I guess I, I agree with Chris Sale's opinions. I don't agree with his actions. Mm, that sounds like a cop out. I think everybody looks bad. Everyone's in the wrong. It's like just wear the jerseys, man. I mean, it's one. It's a one-time thing, and then it's also like uh, you're really gonna go th- like you're gonna go this far and alienate your best player over some stupid jerseys. Yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, if, if if it's if it's who is right there, like the team should have caved and been like, yeah, okay, fine. Or, you know, we'll just wear them tomorrow. We'll let. We'll make, uh, you know, Carlos Rodon wear him or whoever, like whichever other guy who's not that important. <laughs> he can pitch in the jerseys. Um, and sorry, I know, I know you like, I know you like Rodon, but still, um, yeah, because I mean, I, I guess I can say like that I think that management was wrong, but Chris Sale was also wrong to then cut up the jersey, and that's not a cop out, man. Like, it's it's not like management was wrong, so now Chris Sale gets to do whatever he wants, like. That's a, a, a weird version of reality, Chris. Like, you did you did something wrong. Now I'm just gonna shoot everybody. And it's okay because <laughs> no. because you were wrong. I'm like, no, man, it's not, it's not how it works. You don't get a pass for your actions because you know because management was wrong. So I, while I agree with you that they both did something wrong, I think it was a you know very much of a tantrum thing to cut up the jerseys. And again, yeah, it's just, wonderful. I mean, as an outside perspective, like, it, not right, facing judgment, yeah. hilarious, thank you. I, I love that story because it's, it's great. We're going to talk about it. But um, it is completely absurd. It is, and it it just makes that organization look like a bunch of clowns. I mean, especially after what happened in spring training with LaRoche and how that was such a big thing. It's like, yeah. I, I don't know. Keep, keep it keep it in-house. How does this stuff, how is this stuff getting out? Oh, I, just for the record, I play I played uh, uh, that song "Some Cut" by Trillville as the intro song on the, on the show this week. Uh, you had it planned. Yeah, "Some Cut." It's a good song, man. Good song. Uh, so what else is up this week? Anything else before we should talk to Jeff Hassan? Um, uh, we're gonna do, you know yeah, we're gonna do a quick tangent on the other Chicago team. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting story. I, I don't know. I tend to tend to not go too hot or cold one side or the other, but I, I think that obviously it was a, it was a move for the Cubs that they, they pay too much, but I understand it. Like I understand why they would make that move and other teams wouldn't. I get that. And I get that, you know, some fans are going to be upset and that doesn't mean they shouldn't have made the move. It just means that that's what they have to live with now. You know, that there's certain fans are going to not like the Cubs now or, you know, not like Chapman because of the trade they made. And, you know, I don't know. It seems like people just live in this world where it's either like you like you like the move and therefore you applaud Chapman and you think he should just be able to beat up whoever he wants or you hate the move and therefore you hate the Cubs and you hate baseball and you hate 
everything, you know, and it's like, well, no. So I think people have a right to be mad at the Cubs. I think they can still be Cubs fans, and they can just not like Chapman. And uh, to me, mainly, you go from, like, a team that the Cubs, I, I felt like, were really easy to root for. You know, they had everything yeah, sort of, yeah. you know, likable players, Joe Madden, <clears throat> you know, the, the, all the history. And now you're just kind of like, eh. you know, there, there's a little bit of it that you don't personally, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, ah, oh, that's, that, that kind of takes a little bit away from it, but so be it, man. Yeah, I feel like it's just more confirmation that teams will value winning over anything else. And it's not, I, you know, that's not a new thing. I feel like people, have definitely known that, but it does get a little depressing in, in this case, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, from an on-field perspective, it makes all the sense in the world. He's one of the best relievers. The Cubs clearly have a strong shot at being a serious World Series contender, and if that's your goal, then you make that move nine times out of ten. But the whole domestic violence, I guess it wasn't an arrest. I don't really know what to call it. Because he wasn't arrested or charged, but an incident. Yeah, incident. But I don't know. So yeah, that that just makes it tough, and uh, it's not it's not a situation that I would want to be in if I were a diehard Cub fan. Because um, like, it, it, if you don't personally want to root for Chapman, you don't have to. But like you just said, if they're if it's Game Seven in the World Series and they're leading. And Chapman comes in in the ninth. You know he he plays a pretty huge role in you winning that seventh game. So it's just, I feel like it'd be hard to separate the joy of winning the World Series with having him be the last guy on the mound. So you're just really hoping for thirty five blow to two, thirty five to two games every game. Of the yeah, World right. Series. But of course, I mean, of course, that's not going to be possible because at some point down the stretch here, he he factors into a big game and. People are are going to be tested or feel weird or it's just, I, I don't know. Some of it's going to feel bittersweet to people, and I totally understand that. And, uh, you know, it's this conversation, the conversation we're having right now that people have been having this week on online and Twitter and comment sections and whatever, I mean, it's going to keep happening. You know, it's going to keep happening when, you know, like you said, when, when Chapman's on the mound and uh, clinched the division or, or any of these times. So I know people, you know, want to – want to just watch sports and not think about those things but i mean it's just not a reality i don't think in, in 2016 i mean those those topics are going to be there and um you know it, it's 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 a reality i think that we face today so like well, i also think for me at least i have a hard time trying to figure out what is um like what what is what a player has to do in order to like reestablish themselves in the good graces of the community. You, you know what I mean? Like what, I don't know what I expect from Chapman. That's going to make me say, that's going to make me be on board with him and make me feel like the past is the past. Mm-hmm. I know. That, and like that differs from person to person, but what I struggle with is I don't know exactly. There's no template. You know what I mean? There's, there's no, do these three things, and then I'll be like, like okay, cool. It, it's it's a little more difficult. Well, it's not. I mean, whatever Bartolo Colon did, I guess, to, to you know, get suspended for PEDs but make everyone still love him? Uh, yeah, but I don't know. PEDs and, and domestic violence are far different in my mind. Well, I mean, he Bartolo Colon has been like the one person, I think, who has been able to escape... Uh, just been loved, you know, regardless of, of right. misdoings. So let's uh, let's let's change the topic a little bit. Let's go talk to Jeff Fassen and talk about the trade deadline. He's going to give us uh, a good a lot of good inside information, and I think we'll probably goof around a little bit because we tend to do that. And uh, yeah, so hopefully hopefully you're going to like that. Stay tuned. This is the Stew Pod. What it is, yo? Oh, what's up? What's up? Can I play a chess keep in touch? Crack you up like you ain't been. Show us all how to really give it up. Well, give me your number, and I'll call, and I'll follow that thing in the mall. Take it home so we can do it all. Welcome back to the Stew Pod. It is time that we talk to our friend Jeff Passan, uh, a man who no doubt is looking at his cell phone right now, waiting for someone to text him back about trades. 
Uh, Jeff, how's it going? I just got a text. Sadly, yeah. it was from from my cousin, and <laughs> wanting to know what to do with his fantasy team. So there you go. <laughs> is is your cousin an MLB GM? <laughs> he is. He is not. Okay. Uh, but he, I think, he likes to fancy himself in his. Uh, and his fantasy team is is being like a GM, as as all of us fantasy players do, of course. Yeah, my fantasy team. No, nope. my fantasy teams are horrible. Well, that's why you don't <laughs> treat it like a GM. You're a terrible GM. You deserve to get fired. <laughs> so uh, we are. It, it seems kind of weird to me that the, the trade deadline's on a Monday because I feel like it's a Thursday, and I'm like, oh, it's going to end tomorrow, right? But it, it's not. We have a few more days. Things seem like they've been to me kind of slow. Has, has it been slow to you? No, I don't know. I mean, it's been slow as far as like action goes, uh, but as far as discussions and permutations and behind the scenes things, it's been anything but slow. I, I think they're just right now at a place where nobody can agree on value. Uh, that's that's bound to happen. It happens at every trade deadline, and and you find this lull, but uh, eventually there's an agreement that, okay, let's start getting realistic. Let's actually start getting in deal-making mode right now because you can differentiate yourself at this trade deadline. Even though there aren't impact players, you can go out there and you can make yourself a demonstrably better team. And I, I think the question is just how heavy a price are these teams willing to pay when the supply seems to be as low as it is. Jeff, do you feel like, like how much of that is the Cubs like kind of going out and getting Chapman and, and paying like a really high price for him, you know, early in the week? I you know, I know that a lot of people are saying that and are blaming it on that. But let's be honest, Aroldis Chapman was the biggest impact player in the market. And so if as a seller you want to say I'm going to get Chapman prices. That's fine. It's just not realistic. It's in in teams that are buying understand that it's not realistic. I think the one that had as big of an impact as any was Anderson Espinosa going for Drew Pomerantz, and you know just the the ascent in value from Yonder Alonso and Mark Zepchinski to Anderson Espinosa over the course of a couple of good months. The, that to me was the big one, and uh, it, it makes you look at what the. Marlins paid for Fernando Rodney in the form of Chris Paddock, a low-A kid who seemingly has an elbow injury right now. Uh, and it says, you know, they, they did well by striking early. And you wonder if other teams going forward start taking that tack as well because it just seems like the, the prices on a lot of these guys, except, I guess, Melvin Upton, have been exorbitantly high. But Jeff, at, at what point does that at what point does that reach a breaking point? I mean, at what point do teams start to say, okay, fine, we'll lower the price, or okay, fine, we'll meet that demand? I mean, we have a couple of days left. Is it yeah. just a time I, thing? I think it starts happening Saturday, probably. And we may, you know, we may see some trades over the next 24 hours. Uh, but uh, Saturday, to me, is the day where it's put up or shut up time. And I, I think they're the 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 GMs, the uh, executives, the the middle management guys with whom I've spoken. Everyone seems to agree we're getting to that point where teams are either resolving that they're going to have to pay more than they want, or they're saying we're just going to sit this thing out. And and that's the the realistic nature of this. At the same time, there are also teams that should be selling and. I mean, the, the Braves are a perfect example. The, the Braves have zero use for Lucas Harrell and minimal use for Dario Alvarez. And so if they can get a, a lottery ticket like Travis Demerit from it, then you go out and do that. And that was a, I think that was a, a plus trade on both sides, actually, because the chances of Demerit being a, a productive big leaguer are pretty small. He just strikes out too much. But uh, you know, the chances of Alvarez and Harrell really being impact type guys for the Rangers are just as small. So I saw a rumor a couple days ago, I don't think it was from you, but it was that the Nationals were going to focus harder on picking up a reliever because they lost on a walk-off a couple days ago. And I, I feel like we see this sometimes where, uh, it, you know, there are rumors out there where a team suddenly, one game changes how they look at the trade deadline. Uh, you know, how much is that to be believed? I mean, how much is one game at this point really going to impact the team's plans? 
Well, I think one game can make you look at yourself and try and be a little more realistic about your place. But I, I don't think Jonathan Papelbon sucking over the last two days, uh, or the last two times he's pitched, rather, has necessarily told the Washington Nationals anything they didn't know. It's just reinforced everything that they did know. And sometimes you need that reinforcement to remind you, okay, this is this is important for us to go out and fix this because with Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg and Tanner Roark and Gio Gonzalez, uh, you know, we have a chance to go to the World Series this year. We have a chance to be a legitimate threat. And if you're sending Jonathan Papelbon out there in the ninth inning to close out games... That's like worse than Drew Storen. I mean, you know, Drew, the, the Drew Storen disasters toward the uh, ends of playoff games, we don't have to recount those for the sake of Nationals fans. Uh, but there's even less faith, I think, in Papelbon. And understandably so. He's, he's not a guy you want closing out games. Aroldis Chapman is. He's not out there. Wade Davis is. He is out there, but he's going to cost a lot. Uh, David Robertson pretty much is. And, and that, I think, is probably what ends up happening. I, I think Robertson ends up going to Washington, if I'm taking a guess, because the price on, price on Wade Davis is just going to be too high. Okay, I'm glad you brought up Robertson, because with the White Sox, it seems like no one's really sure what's going to happen. They've been rumored yeah. to be putting guys in the block, but then they're asking for a lot. And there's... I guess my my question would be, you know, are are team are there teams that are really uncertain at this point in the deadline, or do the White Sox know exactly what they want to do, but it, it just they can't state that publicly? Uh, you know, the White Sox the White Sox confuse me in a million different ways. Like I, you know, I think Rick Hahn runs the White Sox, but I don't know how much power Kenny Williams has. I don't know how much power Jerry Reinsdorf has as far as the baseball operations things go. Uh, so the White Sox are a, a big giant ball of confusion for me. And th- the question with them is, is just how much do you want to overhaul things? Because the issue is I don't think they're in a position to fully tear down. I'm not sure that they're going to trade Adam Eaton and Todd Frazier. And they've got Tim Anderson who's come up this year. They're not going to trade Carlos Rodon. They're not going to trade Carson Fulmer. I mean, they're sort of in that in-between phase where – when you're rebuilding, you want your young guys to come up together, uh, like most of the guys on the Chicago Cubs, you know, except Anthony Rizzo, who has a long-term contract, so he might as well be one of those guys. You want them to come up together, and you want them to be around for a four or five or six, idealistically, year stretch. I don't think the White Sox are in that position right now. They've almost been piecemealing it for too long to have a, a full legitimate proper rebuild and so it's it's why when somebody suggested uh to me that the the white Sox put chris sale out there for andrew mccutcheon and try and do things a little differently with the same sort of core you have right now i thought well it's at least a novel idea i don't know if it's the right thing i don't know if you you know if the whole point of trading sale is to go out and get five or six pieces or if it's to get good value which Andrew McCutcheon and either Tyler Glasnow or Jamison Tyon would conceivably be if you're buying uh, McCutcheon at a pretty low situation uh, you know in his value it's it's a I mean that that's a good way to do business uh, if you can turn him back into the star that he is and that we all know he has been and you either get that star for a year or you can flip him before free agency for just as much as you would have gotten out of sale. Was that your phone, Jeff? Did something go down? Actually, yes. I got a, uh, that was a text message. Um, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> uh, it's inappropriate. It's, it, yeah, it is totally inappropriate for this podcast. Uh, this is this is a family friendly podcast, is it not? <laughs> uh, I mean, Mostly, I don't know. We have bad news, Ramanan. He's not friendly to anything. I mean, is is he is he is he dropping f bombs? No, you can you can just you can just say the f word. Just be like I'm the f word. Yeah, I <laughs> that, see the context of this text that I just got. Uh, I, 
I, I'd have to say too much, so I can't. But it's very. It's. I promise you, it is worth. It is worth the laugh that I just. That I just laughed. Let's 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 talk a little bit about players. Um, I, I will say for the for the benefit of our audience, I don't know when you're listening to this. Obviously, we're recording this Thursday afternoon. It is one uh, twenty-two Pacific time right now. So, all this could change very well in the next ten minutes, in the next hour, or next few hours. But. Um, Let's, let's dig into a couple guys who we think are going to be traded. Um, Jonathan Lucroy seems like the guy who's getting a lot of attention in the last 24 hours. Um, Jeff, where do you think he lands? Uh, I mean, it's it's such a tough one with Lucroy because the the Brewers are. I mean, David Stearns comes from the uh, you know from the Houston keep things as quiet as humanly possible. Uh, uh, development pipeline, and the the Brewers really haven't given a sense out there of what they are looking for, or what they want, or who they're you know who they're who's actually interested. I you know I look at Cleveland, and that to me makes the most sense. Um, you can you know you could say that that the Mets work because of Travis Darno and you could say that the that the Rangers work because they have the prospects whether it's uh Joey Gallo or Jerkson Profar or Lewis Brinson or Luis Ortiz or Yoander Mendez I mean the the Rangers organization is absolutely loaded and they can go out and and get him but I I honestly like I just don't have a great sense of of where Jonathan Lucroy ends up. I I suppose if I were guessing, I would say Cleveland, but I have very little confidence in that, and uh, I don't I don't know that they're going to go and do it for Travis Darno plus. And I I don't get the sense that the Rangers are, are deep in on him. I don't think the Astros are are necessarily deep in on him. And Dave Dombrowski, I think, told Joel Sherman that for the most part he's done with big moves. So uh, I don't think that the Lucroy market's collapsing necessarily, but I, I at the same time can't say where he's likeliest to end up. Cleveland just makes the most sense. So it seems like Jay Bruce is finally going to get traded, right? I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. But I, I, like, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see where he goes because I feel like he can fit Me too. in a number of places. Um See, I was having this discussion with someone last night. Do you think he fits in San Francisco? I mean, I think, I think Mike suggested that. I, I, I think uh, recently. I, I don't know that the the way they approach things. I don't know that he necessarily is like a kind of guy they're going to go get. But I feel like they've haven't had a player like that in a long time. So for me to think that you know they they've kind of been losing ground. You know, the Dodgers could be coming. Like. For their chances, like I would love to see the Giants go and make a big deal and get Jay Bruce because I feel like it could it could help them. Well, well but, but what happened? I mean, does 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 Pagan platoon with Span and Center? I mean, is that where you find him the at bats? I don't know. I see. I, I'm not a huge I'm not a huge Pagan fan. I know a lot of Giants Giants people that I know. I mean, people love him, but I don't know. Like I I, I would say like Pagan, that. Pagan's having a better year than Denard Span is right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I like I don't think that. Like I, I, so I don't think Jay Bruce ends up there, but I feel like that's the kind of player that they haven't had in a long time, and they, they've tried to have that guy. You know, they, they've tried to bring in somebody from the middle of their lineup, and you know their lineup works as it is. Like I think that you know, as I've written about, like how you know people don't really understand how good like Brandon Crawford is and, and some of the guys they have. So I don't think they need to go out and get Jay Bruce, but it's just like a total uncharacteristic kind of Giants player. But I'd love, to, yeah. I'd love to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, I wonder about the Dodgers. And he he makes sense there. the The problem with the Dodgers is though, who do you sit down? Do you sit down Howie Kendrick or do you sit down Yasiel Puig? Yeah, um, Kendrick. <laughs> if he's playing hey, the outfield, yeah, he is playing the outfield. Right. So who plays? Who, do you move Puig to left or do you put Bruce in an unfamiliar position? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. You make Puig uh, pitch. Yeah, and they've got Scott. I mean, they've got Scott Van Slyke. They've got Trace Thompson. They've got Andrew Tolles. Part of the value of having Bruce is the thirteen million dollar option for next season. But if you've already got a bunch of outfielders who you, you're trying to get playing time, uh, again, I'm not sure if the fit there is right. Here's a here's a more general question I want to throw at you. Um, 
I look back at last trade deadline and you look at like the, the Wilmer Flores thing and the, you know, Carlos Gomez not going to the Mets and then, you know, what happened afterwards and the Mets and Cespedes. And is, is there a match out there you think that, that could have kind of that, that Cespedes in the Mets feel where it just happens? You're like, oh, this was the thing that was supposed to happen all along and now we're going to, you know, just rise into the postseason? Like, is that match out there this year? Oh, man. I don't know if there's like a Cespedes type guy out there. Um, and not necessarily Cespedes, but I mean, like, just like the the guy that just comes in and fits that piece, and then just takes that team into the postseason. Yeah, I that I mean, that could be Chris Sale. Yeah, he's he's the guy who I think out could be out there and carry a team into the postseason. He could do it with any number of teams. Uh, that guy, though, offhand, just doesn't doesn't jump into my head. I mean, we knew Cespedes was getting traded. Like once it's, once the Tigers started collapsing, it just made all the sense in the world that they did, and it, and it's very interesting, by the way, uh, not not to totally change the subject, but Michael Fulmer could have been part of that Mets rotation. Like we we don't, don't think of that very often, right? I mean he yeah. he's been I mean he's the for my money he's the runaway rookie of the year in the American League right now. You could make an argument that he's going to be in the Cy Young race. Uh, he's got to. I think. Uh, does he lead the American League in ERA? That I don't know. I don't know. You're supposed to know this stuff, Jeff. You're the one. You're the expert. Yeah, he's he's certainly top five. Let's look. Hold on a second. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he had if he had the right number of innings, and I think within the next couple of starts he'll be there. He has a two five ERA right now. Aaron Sanchez has the best ERA among qualified pitchers with two seven. Uh, so. That just goes to show you the, I mean, the return on that from Dave Dombrowski was spectacular. And uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if that type of guy is out there. You know, the Manny Ramirez carrying the Dodgers to the postseason. I, I don't think that guy is there. I don't think he's there for the taking. Jeff, do you feel like there's, uh, there's one team out there that would really be hurt by not making a move, like more so than any other club? I think Cleveland has a chance to win the American League this year. Uh, all of their pitchers are healthy. All of their pitchers are pitching really well. They've gotten better offensive contributions than I think most people, certainly myself included, expected. And if they can go out and get another bat, and, and you know, if they can get Lucroy and Will Smith, that's where you go and spend a Clint Frazier or a Brad Zimmer. The, that's where you go and spend a Ben Heller or a Mike Clevenger. The American League is wide freaking open this year. Yeah. It is wide open. And if you're not going out and taking your best shot at it, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, it's different in the National League. I think the Cubs scare everyone, and, and understandably so. But who's like I? I'm asking you this honestly, guys. Who's the best team in the American League? Somebody asked me that today, and I was just kind of like, uh, yeah. I mean, you would, you would have said the Rangers, I guess, maybe a month ago, right? And the Rangers have a zero run differential. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think it's the I think it's the Astros or the Indians. I picked the Indians. That's what I settled on. I kind of worked my way to the Indians. Yeah, but I feel like the, they're not the Rangers, that great, though. <laughs> the, the Rangers could easily make themselves that team, though, in the next few days because they have the pieces to actually pull off a blockbuster. Right, but okay, I feel like. Okay. Well, what do you feel like? How how would they make themselves that though? Lacroix, I think. Really? Or yeah, why not? I mean that that's a that's the big hole in their lineup, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, I, don't you feel like they have a, a hole in too, huh? outfield, outfield DH now? Um, I guess so. It, yeah, I guess it depends on. I mean, if they went out, if they went out, let's say they went out and got like a Beltron and a starter. Yeah, that'd be good. Are they the best team in the AL then? Sure. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to say. I like, mean, if they went out, the, the conviction Swick yeah. was incredible there. I, you know, if they went out and got Chris Sale, absolutely. Beltron oh. and another guy. I, I guess I don't know. It, it makes it tough still. Yeah, I, I don't think they or anyone else is getting Chris Sale. I've, uh, 
I've just heard too many amazing offers uh, that the White Sox are seeking to to possibly think that that they're going to get a deal done. And and maybe it's posturing, and maybe it's just Rick Hahn saying I don't really want to do this, but it's you know I have to at least try, or I'm not doing my job. But I I just don't uh, I don't see Chris Sale going anywhere. We have a game for that. We're going to play this game, but Chris, I think Chris has one more question before we play the game, and I'll take I'll take Chris Sale off the list. But Chris, go ahead. Well, yeah. Well, so is Andrew Kashner the the best pitcher we know for sure is getting moved, and does that make you sad at all? Mm, you know, I was talking with someone yesterday who really thinks Andrew Kashner is going to shove down the stretch, and. Andrew, Andrew Kashner is, is one of those total Jekyll and Hyde guys. But when he is on, and he's got, let, let's remember, guys, he's got free, he is staring at free agency right now. And he's staring at the worst pitching class I've ever seen. And so he has a chance to make himself a ton of money over the next two months. And, and that motivation, uh, according to the person who knows him with whom I was speaking, uh, that motivation right there is the type of thing that can send Andrew Kashner on an incredible run over these next couple months. And so, you know what? If I'm a team out there, Andrew Kashner is probably the guy I am focusing on. Andrew Kashner and Shelby Miller, to me, are the, the two guys who... And I don't know about Shelby Miller this year, but just as a long-term play, uh, I think he's he's a guy you have to consider going after. Right, what Jim. strikes me... Sorry. It oh. strikes me that both could uh, definitely use a change of scenery. Oh, totally. I mean, that's look. So many guys are just change of scenery guys, uh, and that's that's what the best teams I think capitalize on this time of year. Yeah. You put him put him in a different situation and hope that he responds to it. So as I as I teased, I want to play a game called "Is he going to get traded or not?" And I don't I don't want long Jeff. That is that is, that is the that is the worst title for a game I've ever heard. Come on, man! It's a very Mike Oz title. They're supposed to be like short and quick. Well, it's actually called traded or not, nah, but oh, that's that's yeah. much better. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I have to speak in complete sentences to you, Jeff, or else you're going to make fun of me. Why did you say? Is he gonna get? I'm just, I, you know, I don't want you to, I don't want you to start saying like, oh, you only, you didn't say a complete sentence there, Mike Oz. <laughs> would I do that? I yes, would you would. That. You would totally do I, that. I would do that, <laughs> Mike. We we should have talked before and came up with like a secret vocabulary word to throw in the podcast <laughs> to see if Jeff knew what it was. We didn't do that, Jeff. It's a good so. idea. It's a good idea. We should do that next time. All right. All, All right. So I, I don't want your I don't want your long answers. I just want your yes or no. Good deal. If you want to say nah, you could say nah, you, or you could just say no. Either way, it's up to you, man. Wade Davis. No. Carlos Gonzalez. Nope. Ryan Braun. Nope. <laughs> Andrew Miller. Nope. Oh. We nope was not one of the I said I said no or I said nah. I didn't say nope. Uh, no, I'm going nope. <laughs> Carlos Beltran. Yes. Alright, that's that's the first one. Jose Quintana. No. Sonny Gray. No. Rich Hill? Yes. Andrew McCutcheon. No. I think that's it, unless you have anybody else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't have anyone else. But that just, it makes me sad how many no's were in there. Yeah. It makes me sad, too. Like, Because <laughs> you're hoping for all yeses. Like, you want all those people yeah. to be traded just because it'd be fun. Of course, fun. no. It's, yeah. I think it's going to be a boring deadline. I hope I'm totally wrong. I hope, this is one time I hope I'm completely misinformed. But uh, from all I have gleaned... Uh, the nose are are out there strictly for fact finding missions, and uh, look, maybe they this time of year they gauge interest and they revisit over the off season when a trade is likelier. But as of now, I the, all the nose I just don't see them getting moved. So since we know you well enough to make fun of you, and uh, you know us well enough, hopefully to tell us about your life, we want to know what what the life of Jeff Fasson is like these days. Like, like you don't sound particularly rested. Like, how much are you sleeping? Do I really sound like tired? You sounded kind of tired, yeah. Did I? Well, except for when you came on the phone yelling. Uh, after uh, that, yeah, you, okay. sounded, you sounded kind of tired. Did I? Have I been? Has this been a low energy podcast? Oh, I don't know. To me, you just sound you sound like you're. I would say that. I think Mike's just giving you a hard time. Okay. Are, are, you, are you sleeping though, Jeff? I mean, is, are you in like twenty four hour a day? 
Oh uh, no! I, I here's the thing. Like I'm going from this right to Rio, so I need my sleep, or I'm going to be a complete disaster at the Olympics. Like it, they they are already going to be disaster enough. Uh, I don't want to fall prey to the disastrousness that is is going to be Rio de Janeiro. So uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to get at least some sleep and not pull crazy nights. I was I was up until like five o'clock in the morning a few nights ago, but there there haven't been many of those. That's a good reminder. I forgot you may not be alive to ever be on the podcast again. So that's true. It's good true. We this got could you. be my, that could this could be my last this could be my last podcast appearance. Period. Yeah, you could be dead. In which case, we think of some really, really long words for you, eulogy man. I would think of some good ones. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so Jeff, you had mentioned that while the trade deadline has kind of been quiet, there's been a lot of activity going on. You're hearing about discussions and stuff like that. Uh, is that ultimately exciting to you, or is that frustrating because ultimately that stuff leads nowhere and there's nothing you can do about it? Oh, it's you know, it's kind of cool just to know what teams are talking about but I don't feel like reporting what teams are talking about is of any substance because uh, in reality I know about five percent of what's going on and so if I'm just throwing out there you know the 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 things that don't have realistic possibilities uh, or or just sort of scuttlebutt and I, I don't feel like that's that's very substantive information so uh, there's there's a trove of things going on uh, in my head right now and going on in front offices everywhere and I'm I'm gonna try to bring out only the things that actually have a chance of happening and and I know I maybe maybe that sounds hypocritical considering earlier today I tweeted about Wade Davis uh, possibly getting packaged with Ian Kennedy and you just asked me if he's gonna be traded and I said no. But it's not for lack of trying there with the Royals. And I thought it was just very interesting that they're already giving up on Ian Kennedy's contract and trying to use the dominance of Wade Davis uh, to, to get rid of it. So I agree with you um, on the usefulness of, of sending out that type of stuff and getting people all excited. Um, I wonder how easy it would be for someone like me who's just not plugged in at all to just throw something out there like, oh, the Mets are talking to blank about an obvious fit and then it would it would it, it would it, be very easy swick it happened well, the night of the Aroldis chapman thing with the contract extension crap right yes so so yeah you know how how easy is that for just someone to put together something that's a, just a total lie but it, it winds up being true just because it, it just Oh, so you're talking sense. you're talking about like like, well, like guess yeah. like scoop guessing. Yeah, where it's like such an obvious fit that of course the you know, this team has talked to this team about this player, but you don't really know that. You're just trying to get some extra attention. Not you, yeah. but someone yeah, like no, you. I mean that's <laughs> here's here's the thing though. In the in like the world of of baseball what the hell was that? I, I touched my desk, sorry. Is that that loud? <laughs> yeah, man. Sorry. What, is your desk made of polyurethane or something? Yeah, Good no, lord! It's my, it's my wife's fancy potter, pottery barn desk, and I thought there were like some crumbs on it, but it's actually like some sort of something. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, how did crumbs turn into that noise? No, I, it looked like it was crumbs. I thought I was gonna brush them off the table, and then it, there was no crumbs. It was uh, like it looks like my kid might have gotten pen on the desk or something. Nice, yeah. Mike did definitely got pen on our desk too. Anyways, I'm sorry to interrupt you with my crumb cleaning and desk squeaking, Jeff. Please continue. Yeah, I, I have no idea what I was just talking about. <laughs> I'm so I think, like that. Okay, so let me translate Chris's question to you. That, Chris's, that Chris's noise, question that noise, was that, that that noise was like Men in Black, where you just like get your mind erased. I've totally forgot. Well, like what podcast am I on again right now? I think it was, <laughs> no, but I, I can tell you what he really wanted to ask you, but he didn't. What he right. really wanted to ask you is how many 14-year-olds are out there just guessing on trades and hoping to get retweeted? That's yeah, what that's, he really was asking. That's accurate, yeah. <laughs> I, I, haven't we learned our lesson on that, though? Like, I mean, honestly, after after the Jake Wesley fiasco, don't we know better? I, I have, but Chris, I mean, Chris they're, they're still like, loves this stuff, man. Yeah, you know who, I mean, like, there are, there are about 10 people out there who do what I do 
who are worth listening to. And then there are beat reporters for the teams. And anyone outside of that, I just have a difficult time trusting. I mean, right? Like, as a, yeah, there, 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 there are very few discerning baseball scoop consumers. But among those, I'd like to think that, they, that people out there know, like, who's worth listening to and who isn't. And that, in that we've learned our lessons on the 14-year-olds now. Well, I think, I think like most internet people, though, there's some people that just literally believe anything that is shared in front of their face. And then, well, yeah, of course. You know, so, I mean, so there's always those people. And then there's, I guess, like you said, discerning human beings. But I don't know, man. Like, I literally saw someone. I had to tell someone, no, Chris Sale didn't just get traded to the Rangers the other day. You know, I'm like, no, trust <laughs> me, that, 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 that really didn't happen. Um, I mean, I, I but I there, read there, it. I read there, it on Twitter. Like, no, yeah, no. There, there was a point at which I thought that had happened too. So maybe <laughs> I'm guilty. Maybe I'm the one who's guilty of that. All right, I think we can wrap it up there. Thanks, Jeff, for uh, spending some of your time. I know it's precious today. We probably Jay Bruce probably got traded while we've been talking. So uh, thank you, Jeff. We appreciate your time, and I hope that you don't die at the Olympics. Thank you, Mike. I hope I don't die either. I look forward to coming on to many future stew pods. Hopefully. Uh, uh, not with uh, Zika treatment coursing through my blood. Eh, we'll see. It might be more fun. Yeah, maybe so. Talk to you later, man. See ya. What it is, yo. What's up? Can I play a chess keep in touch? Crank you up like you ain't been. Show us all how to really give it up. Give me your number and I'll call. And I'll follow that thing in the mall. We're back on the stew pod. It is time for my favorite segment of the show. Three strikes with Bad News Ramen. He is, I, no, I am, excuse me, I am the little dap to the, uh, whoever the other <laughs> guy Rude, is in group home. J.R.U. the damager. No, that's not the dude in group home. It's uh, yeah, I know, but group, group Melakai the nutcracker. Or no, no, like no. <laughs> I ain't no nutcracker, dude. I'm, I'm J.R.U. the damager. Um, all I got to say is Big Mike Oz, my man Mello, back on this podcast because I know he likes Jello pudding pops. Yo, Jello pudding pops are delicious. Hey man, I, I just I just kicked around real fast, dude. There there's certain things that I know that I'm not good that I know that I'm not good at. Uh, one of them is definitely I can't talk, and the second one is I'm not a good rapper. So um, that that was my attempt to uh, be an MC. Well, if you can't talk, I I would assume you can't rap either. All right, so this one, this three strikes. Uh, hopefully, with my bad attempt at rapping, will um, kind of. Kind of show that this is like a, a little bit of a lighter side, but I think we have I think we have some major questions at least with uh, I have one big question with you about a journalist as being a journalist um, and kind of your thought process in terms of writing this story, um, but we'll save that one for last. All right. uh, so, so tell me then, sir, what is strike number one? Nice, dude. Nice, nice transition. Yes. Uh, Mike Oz, my man. My okay, forget. It. Okay, so uh, what I what I kind of want to do is, is I'm I've never waited for two hits from one or maybe even maybe it's four hits. I don't know. Ichiro has like what like what three hundred ninety seven hits I think. Yeah. Or two hundred. Yeah, I told you I can't talk. Uh, two thousand. Yeah, what two thousand nine hundred and ninety six? I'm excited that I talked fast. Um, but you know I've, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this all year, um, and it looks like it's finally going to be reality. Um, I, I don't know how this is any different. T- that I have from all my other Ichiro takes, um, but I mean the, the dude started in baseball when he was 27, and uh, he is close to getting 3,000 hits, and he's pretty much guaranteed to be in the Hall of Fame uh, with that 3,000th uh, hit. I know this is going to be like a lock for um, him being in the Hall of Fame, but what I kind of what I guess what I kind of want to say is that I think Ichiro is a way better player than than what his hit totals have surmised. I mean, I think. In terms of the way he plays a game, uh, he's a great fielder. Um, he's just a, I mean, of course it's given that he's a good hitter. But you would kind of agree that he's been good for the game, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think, I think him kind of, you know, opening the, opening the market to new players, new fans. I think everything he's brought to the table, I think, has been, has been wonderful. Um, yeah, I think back, back then there was like a sort of, People, I think, doubted some of the some of the foreign players. You know whether whether they could hang in MLB, and I mean we still do, even when it's somebody from like Korea now, if it's not a country that we know. So I think I think Ichiro kind of you know being one of the first like major guys to come and, and change people's minds, I think was very important. 
he was also like the first like cool Japanese player to to come over, right? Because there were there was some success with uh, Hideo Nomo mm-hmm. and uh, the Fat Toad, known as uh, Hideki Arabu. Those aren't my words; that's George Steinbrenner's words. Um, <laughs> but you know, the Japanese were known as good pitchers. And but my whole thing is like me being a Japanese person as well. They're like, well, dude, like you're a lot of things. Like you always say, like you're Puerto Rican. Well, I'm Japanese too. Me being a Japanese. Uh, of Japanese ilk or heritage, um, if if my if my saving grace for two players that were successful in baseball would be Hideo Nomo and Hideki Arabu, we would have some serious problems. Um, you know, it, it did open the 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 door for Kaz Matsui and and kind of like his little blonde little dig that he had, his little blonde hairdo that he had, and he kind of, I think like I think he like kind of broke his his anus or something, right? Didn't he like you know? You know, so there, there's there's been good, there's been bad, but through them all, Ichiro has been there, and uh, um, I think as good of a hitter as he is, I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of of a guy that you know, I mean, like Ty Cobb, like I said last week, Ty Cobb's one of my favorite players. Um, you know, the one thing we didn't talk about was you had Carew and Tony Gwynn um, uh, being named after, named for or their names are going to be used for the bagging titles. Um, Carew was the man, dude. I mean, Carew, man, that guy could flip and hit, and. Uh, it, it you know I even like to a small part Wade Boggs because he was such a good hitter um, until he started to say that he invented the Wolfpack sign um, and then now I have major beef with him but uh, you know four hits away dude I, I mean that 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 obvious, la- it's, it's no, obvious you're excited it's obvious. And, and and the tap dancing on the table that you're going to be here you're going to hear is going to be bad news ramen going crazy over that three thousand hit it's validation baby validation well, strike number two. Uh, I, forget, I got so excited, I forgot about strike number two. No, strike number two, actually, um, I have like an inside source um, with what happened with one Chris Sale. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this well, is going to be good. I, I love it. I, I actually, I mean, because people are trying to figure out like, well, how, you know, did he have like, did he bring in like his own pair of scissors? Uh, where it was, was all of the jerseys like in a stack and he just like slashed them all? Did he have like a big machete and like sliced them all up? Um, what, uh, you know, what I'm going to say right now is like, you know, as we are speaking right now, uh, the sale of Chris Sale jerseys have been slashed in half. Like oh, that one? Oh, Boom! Oh, Look at that. Oh, Boom. Um, nope. Even nope. though even though he's a cut above the rest. Oh, no. <laughs> but I actually know what he was doing with those jerseys. It wasn't because um, he didn't like the jerseys or because it affected, like, it was going to affect his pitching style because they're baggy or loose or whatever they are. Um you know, Chris Sale as a child, uh, he uh, was deprived of craft class, right? You remember when, when when Valentine's Day would roll around and the teacher would get a piece of paper and she would fold it in half and she would like cut something that like, looked like an ear and then she would open the paper up and lo and behold, it's a heart? That's all he was doing. I mean, he was just spreading the love, dude. He was, he was, he was putting heart snowflake, oh, uh, snowflakes on the jersey. That's what he was doing. This, is, this, this, this whole thing has been bad. Well, you don't have to stop it though, right? Because you've already cut me off once. We've had a restart. No, I'm just saying you made some bad jokes. That's all. We can. We can is this one going to get? Is this? Hey, are you going to cut this out too? No, no, it's just bad jokes. I mean, the the whole thing is like you know we can get that dude from a um, Full House. Uh, it wasn't Uncle. Was it Uncle cut Joey? Get out. You want to do that guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, right. see, that's sad that you know that dude. Yeah. You know, Uncle. So it's Uncle Jesse and Uncle Joey. Uncle that's Joe, what it was. Yeah. Uncle Joey. Yeah. Let's this yeah. man. You know, you know, I love you. These are some bad jokes. You're making some bad jokes. I'm just jokes telling you. Right I mean, what else, I mean, I had to talk about it, right? What else can I talk about? Am I supposed <laughs> to be all mad that you know what is this guy doing? How does this affect his trade value? Who cares, dude? It's not a story. You know what? <laughs> you know, Let's do some slash, bad puns instead. Slash got mad. You know, he, he wanted he wanted to make a statement. And he made a statement. I'm just, I'm just trying to put a nice spin on it because you could do the diamonds too. So you have like the the diamond 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 heart diamond 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 combo, and then you can also do like the the half moon as well. I mean, there's there's a lot of skill. I used to get mad. At the girl that used to, the chick that used to sit next to me during during that time when we got to make like snowflakes and stuff, I was like, dude, how the heck you can do that? I can, I can barely even do this heart. And she's doing all these diagrams and stuff. So I was like, hey man, I'm like, look at that over there, and I'd steal it and like give it to my mom. You know, and there's things that you can do. All right, let's strike number three. Let's let's, let's try to limit our puns. Limit our puns. Um, well, okay, I'll limit the puns. So here's a question I have with uh with your so you I believe you wrote this story, but the trade that um for a role as Chapman. Um, I don't know if you wrote the story, but you, you splashed it all over uh, social media, uh, which you're want to do, which is it's your job. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, you kind of said that the Cubs don't care about anything else. You pretty much, from what I've read from the headline, and in, in this day and age, when I have a bunch of headlines thrown at me at the same time, and I have to cut out some of my reading, um, you know, what you said was, you know, that there is kind of like they're at this like no, you know, 
win at all costs attitude. And you know, is is there like a moratorium or is there like a time limit on this whole kind of uh, domestic violence uh, case that Aurora Chapman has? I mean, I look at football and 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 I've seen teams like bring players in and they've won championships and stuff, and and it's like no questions asked. I mean, what what is your kind of stance on this whole thing with Aurora Chapman? And what does it say about the Cubs that they would trade for him? Uh, my stance is not one of you know judging him personally because he has paid his uh, his debt, but I mean he you know he served a suspension. Um, if the Cubs want to trade for him, great. And the Cubs, I think, understand that you know that there's a certain baggage that comes with that, and certain fans aren't going to like it. And you know you're you're going to cut into at least a you know some percentage of your fan base that that is not going to be happy with that move. And and to some people, it's going to taint. The season, or the you know, if they win the NL pennant, it's going to taint that. If they win the World Series, it's going to taint that. So, I mean, to me, like, obviously the Cubs had to consider this and think about it. So that that's the point I was making. Not that not that it's bad. I mean, you know, he he is, has every you know reason that he's allowed to play baseball. He's allowed to, you know, pitch for the Yankees or the Cubs or whoever. Um, it, it's just going to impact how some people feel about the team and the season. And, I mean, that's the choice the Cubs made. It's the same as the, the way they made the choice to give up, you know, four players to get him, which you can look at that and say that's a bad deal too because, you know, you got him for three months and they give up four people, including their top prospect. So, to me, I mean, you look at those two things together and say, okay, well, the Cubs are obviously in a place where, you know, they, they think they can win the World Series and it's worth it for them to overpay for Roldis Chapman and it's w- worth it for them to – you know, take on the baggage that comes with the world as Chapman because that's how important it is to win a World Series. And I'm not trying to say they're wrong in making that decision, but I mean that's that's definitely, you know, the the subtext of the trade. You know, as a as a Yankees fan, I I, I see this both ways because Theo is is running the Cubs now, right? And that's Epstein. Yeah. So I mean that's like a I mean that's like a Red Sox move, right? I mean not in terms of you know, Theo has been, he's been shown to roll the dice and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. As if I was a fan of the Chicago Cubs, I would be all, I'd be all for that deal. Cause it'd be a case. It's like, okay, you know, this, here's a guy that doesn't live by this stupid curse, this goat curse that likes to get thrown around all the time. Um, you know, and I, and I can be another hack on the other side, like, well, he's already beaten one curse, but I'm not going to do that. But I just did. Um, you know, as a Cubs fan, I would be, I would be excited about it. Um, and I'm, I want to get back to the, the domestic violence case after that. I don't think you – know, I know that people are saying that this was – as a Yankees fan, it's like, oh, we got the top prospect for the Cubs. I, I don't see uh, – what I really like is that they, they, they traded away a pitcher who sucks for Starlin Castro, and then they got him back. I mean that's just like kind of like the whole move is like, you know what, man? I'm like, I'm like we are so good that I'm going to get the player – I'm going to get a player back and make you eat crow and, and give this player back. But I, I, I think the main prospect guy, I mean, he's like a single-A guy. I mean, so I, I'm not sitting here going like, oh, my God, they are set for the rest of their life. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a gamble unto itself. I think they could have got more for Aroldis Chapman. Uh, they could have gotten like at least a guy from double-A AA or triple-A, um, and they're, they're banking on the future for a kid that grows in the single-A. No, yeah, and, and I think that they – I mean, part of that is this guy's the, the top Cubs prospect from a team that brought up all their top prospects last year, you know, so – um, if if they hadn't brought those guys up, he wouldn't be the top prospect, obviously. So I mean, it's from a dwindled pool, I guess, is, is so to say. But you know that that's still a lot for three months of Aroldis Chapman. Um, you know, so it's it's, it's not like, it's not a lot if if you win a world a, a world exactly. Series. Yeah, and, and that's the point. Like, if, is it all worth it if they win a World Series? Then, then yeah, I mean, you know, no one's gonna care. No one's gonna be at the World Series parade being like, man, I'm really bummed we don't have Adam Warren anymore, or you know, Billy McKinney or, or whoever. Um, you know, they're not going to care, but you know, it's it, but it is a lot. And again, that that's the decision the Cubs made because they think that you know the move they made is going to pay those dividends. And I mean, it's not that different than you know the A's trading um, Cespedes and you know all Addison Russell and, and all those yeah, guys. Don't, don't, I don't want to hear about that trade. Don't don't say that trade. Dude. No, no but, that. but it's the same thing. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, we, I think, know. we think we're gonna. We're, we're going to go big because we think we have a chance to win and you don't get a chance to win all the time. So, 
you know, we're going to do whatever it takes. And that, that, we, we can't talk about that. That's what you got to do sometimes. You got to be positive. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to I'm gonna have to cut you from what you just said from this podcast. You cut me once, I'm going to have to cut you. You, you, can't, you can't talk about the A's, uh, that A's deal. That still kills me right now. I mean, I could be watching Aston Russell right now. Um, you know, I, I think the thing is that the problem that I have with just kind of the way uh, this, and I'm not saying that, that you're the only news outlet that has done that. There's been other outlets as well, you know, saying like, oh, you know, the Cubs, you know, you know it's more important for them in the World Series instead of taking a stand versus domestic violence. I believe this is a case where th- this type of reporting about what Ross Chapman has done in the past is really media driven. And I'm not like this guy that says like, oh, the media, you know, because I was part of the media. But, you know, you don't have the protesters out there right now. Like you, you take it like Michael Vick, right? Like it, it's sad that we live in a world that when Michael Vick was killing pit bulls, we had a ton of people protesting outside of stadiums when Michael Vick came back there was a ton of protesters and there's people to this day that do not like Michael Vick because he did this even though he has started charities to kind of curb animal violence he's spoken out against it and he's shown uh, you know he is trying to make amends it is sad that we live in a world where people aren't doing that the same thing about domestic violence um, and even more so is that the only people that are reminding of this to to kind of where I'm coming from with the with the big news cycle that we have with a ton of stories is the media with these headlines that are that they are writing yeah i've i've i'll, I'll say this I've, I've done my chapman take a couple times in the podcast so i, I don't i'm not gonna do it again so uh, no i'm not asking you to do it yeah, again <laughs> let's uh let's wrap it up there thank you for joining us bad news ramen anybody else you want to give us your role to chapman take by all means you can tweet it to him tweet it to me leave a comment any of that kind of stuff, because it's something that, you know, people are, are you know, going to have an opinion about. And like I said earlier in the podcast, it's something that is not going to go away because, you know, if he's out there closing a the game in the in the playoffs or, or you know, to, to seal the division or the World Series, I mean, there's still going to be people out there talking about it. So um, don't, I, I uh, hope, don't I hope, get sick of hope, it. Yeah, I hope there are people that are talking about it because I think this needs to come to light. You know, you know I hope there is a discussion about it. And I hope it's something for the better. Um, you know, if you do tweet at uh, tweet at Mike Oz or you tweet at Bad News Ramen, uh, uh, it doesn't have to be limited to this. You can talk about you know Chris Dell. And if you do, you know what? You'd be a cut above the rest. Oh, Hey, we're back on the stew pod. Mike Oz, Chris Cook here with you. Chris, uh, it's time for our important question segment, and I think I, I think I asked all the questions last week. So you did. It's on you this week, man. I'm ready. Well, maybe you don't know this, maybe you do, but every Thursday we record, I look forward to one thing at night. That's BattleBots, <laughs> and uh, BattleBots to me, I think, should be America's fifth professional sport. I'm wondering if uh, you have a suggestion for America's fifth professional sport. Fifth professional sport. Um, Take that as a no. I, I, I don't have anything off the top of my head, man. I, uh, tell, tell me why. Give me some time to think. Why, oh, why BattleBots? Because well, BattleBots is great. Um... I don't know. I I take a lot of pleasure in seeing two giant machines try and destroy each other in three minutes or however long they last. And uh, I will say, last season I watched because they they revamped it and put it on ABC. It was on some other channel way back in the day. Um, last season I watched just I don't know because uh, I remember watching it when I was younger and. I wouldn't have said last season was great, but now this season I'm like really legitimately enjoying every episode, <laughs> and the fights have been really awesome thus far. So I'm all in on BattleBots. I don't have a great answer, man. The first thing that came to my mind was something related to tacos, but that's my personal bias showing because I'm in taco mode these days. You just want like a weekly taco showdown or something. Yeah, but I mean, that way Guy Fieri could host it. No, no Guy Fieri. Taco versus Taco. No, no, I'm talking like a, like like straight like, taco eating something or other like a, like a um, like almost like a double dare type thing, but taco themed. And is there a, a, 
<laughs> is there a taco championship belt involved? Yes, there should. Well, then be, that works. I think that works. Be a taco championship belt for sure. Yeah, that's not a good answer, dude. I'm sorry, I failed you. But what are you gonna? That's do? right. I got to talk about BattleBots. Yeah, which I'll uh, go to bat for BattleBots. I, Everyone. I, I don't have. I don't have a new sport to create. I'm sorry to say. Are you watching BattleBots? I, I already know the answers. No. No. My my five year old I think said he wanted to watch BattleBots. We haven't yeah. watched BattleBots. Hey, so. it's on tonight. Check it out. Yeah, uh, I'll send you some text during it. He he says he wants to do a lot of things though, so we'll, you know we'll see. He, uh, yeah. I think if it comes down to it though, he just wants to watch Power Rangers. So okay, I don't know. I don't know if he'd make the choice. We talked about Power Rangers last week, so he does. He really does like Power Rangers. That's Power Rangers saying. is kind of like BattleBots. They they fight in machines, so there you go. I think there's just a natural connection there. Yes. All right, let's shut this down. Chris, tell the people what they got to do. They have to rate and review us in iTunes. Yeah. It's not hard to do. No. Nope. Just type in StuPod in the iTunes app, and hopefully you'll give us five stars and leave us a comment. And if your comment is great, maybe we'll read it on the podcast. Yes. Everything he just said, yes, we will do. Thank you guys for hanging out. Thanks to Bad News Ramen. Thanks to Jeff Passon. Thanks to Chris Sale for giving us things to laugh at. This has been the Stew Pod for Chris Wick. I'm Mike Oz. See you guys next week. Bye-bye.